All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you and good morning, everybody. Welcome to our program. We're glad to have you tuned and I hope that I'll be able to be of help to you today. That makes two of us, right? Hope that uh, I can offer some kind of uh, answers to your gardening questions. I hope you'll pick up that phone and give us a call. We have two lines open, two lines filled. That's the most we've had to get the program started uh, since, uh, since last fall. So spring is definitely here. The phone number, as Kelly mentioned to you, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Call right now. Jared Taylor is running the boards and also answering the phones. So uh, just uh, let him know what your topic is and we'll get right on it. And uh, we have Dan in College Station and Bob in College Station. College Station is chiming in early this morning. And so we'll go to those calls in just a moment. This is a uh, pivotal time as we go toward the middle of March. And um, uh, it is a time for the big swath of Central Texas, North Central Texas, uh, probably about 75% of the state east to west uh, needs to put out a pre-emergent weed killer in the next few days. You have just a few days uh, during which you can put it out for crabgrass and grass burrs. A lot of people say, well, Neil, I already have uh, uh, crabgrass up. I see it growing. It's been growing for a month. No, that's rescue grass or ryegrass or annual bluegrass or something else, probably rescue grass. The one that, uh, that we're going after now is, is crabgrass, and it will germinate sometime late this month or in April, and so will grass burrs. And so you put out either Baylan or Dimension or Halts. Those are pre-emergents that you can use now. Pendomethylin is uh, uh, another one. Uh, uh, Proteamine, I mean, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, another one that has some post-emergent control as well. Uh, Proteamine, and, and it's in another class uh, somewhat. And its application times are a little different. I, I prefer just to use those three because they're easy to talk about together. That would be Dimension, Baylan and Holtz all can be used right about now. Uh, that's two weeks prior to the average date of the last killing freeze and then 90 days later. Two applications in the spring, a third one put out uh, right around the 1st of September for the winter weeds, two for the summer weeds, crabgrass and grass burrs, and one for the winter weeds and that'll take care of you and you'll be all set. So uh, that's, uh, that's up on the plate right now. Right now, if you take my electronic newsletter, eGardens, we've talked about it for uh, three consecutive issues. Uh, first, to get you ready for it with a heads up, it's coming. And then the last two weeks, hey, it's here. And uh, if you're in deep South Texas, we have uh, uh, stations in, uh, in Corpus Christi and, and Victoria that carry this program. Boy, you better get it out right away. You'll still get some level of control, but uh, those weeds are already growing in your area. So that's the uh, that's the issue you have. So let me take my first break, and then we'll come back and get uh, started with the phone calls. Again, if you'd like to call, we have a line open. That phone number is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. And uh, we'll begin by telling you about the uh, offer I have for my book, that is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Uh, this might be the only gardening reference book that you will need in your library to be successful here in Texas. It is a hardback with 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, 840 of my photographs. That's almost obsessive. And uh, I got 200 of them back from the graphic designer, Cindy Smith. She said, I just 
Don't think you need these, Neil. You have enough. You have 800 for it. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know. Um, 11 chapters that cover. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. And uh, that's month by month, four pages per month. Chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Each a comprehensive chapter with a lot of information. There are more than 25 multi-page charts to condense the information to make it easier for you to choose and, and plant the, the exact and best varieties in each case. I was looking at the perennials chapter the other day and I didn't realize that chart is 11 pages long of the 120 best perennials for Texas. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of information. For a limited time, I have reduced the price of the book to $36.95. It's a tough time out there right now. I know it is economically. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just do this as a goodwill gesture for the state of Texas. It's been good to me. I'm going to be good to it, my native state, my home state. So $36.95, satisfaction completely guaranteed, or I will refund every dime, every penny you spend on it. Uh, and and I'll do so without any question. 77, almost 78,000 copies of the book sold so far, not one request for a refund. There are two ways you can get the book, neither of them being going into a store or ordering on Amazon. It's not available those ways at all because I sign every copy as it sells, so I need to have it in my possession when it sells. They're in my garage. And uh, these are the two ways you can buy it. You either order it from my office or my website. The website's the better way. I'll give you that in a second. Monday through Friday, you can call my office, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. 800-752-GROW. Now, if you want to order it from the website, you can do that 24-7. And it uh, also gets cleared off the website more quickly, and I'll be signing it earlier. So that's uh, the better way for you, and that is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression, and jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. It was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Well, now here we are 90 years later, almost 100 years later, and the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in Texas. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rains, the hail, and even snowstorms in those parts of Texas where that happens. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com to learn more and find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Made in America and made to last. MuellerInc.com.
www.thebibleshop.com. I'll have more after this message. All right. Thank you, Kelly. Those lines are all filled. When you hear me finish a call, that would be your time to jump on. I hope you'll do that. Let me start with Dan in College Station. Dan, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. My question is, I have two uh, Burford Hollies in my backyard, five to six feet tall, uh, on a, against a west-facing wall. And all of the leaves on the, on the plant, uh, they're dying or dead from the tips back towards the center. And, um, uh, and there's no new growth that is showing on any of the branches on either of the plants. Okay. When did you first see this, Dan? Uh, this past year. Last, uh, about a year yeah. or two ago, year, about a year ago, they were, they look fine. But now they're all, and I didn't know if it was a frost freeze. And if it was no, a no, frost no. freeze, okay. No, that was not, it was not cold damage. That's drought damage. There's, there's no other thing that will do that. Um, all over Texas last summer, hollies did that the the problem with hollies is they don't wilt they they give us very little visible sign that they are on the edge of death it's called the permanent wilting point but in the case of hollies they don't wilt i did several tv segments for news uh, stations around texas and especially in the metroplex last year i live in the metroplex and there were uh, several commercial landscapes that went past that no return and uh, point of no return and lost tens of thousands of dollars worth of hollies in their landscapes. Hollies in most of Texas are the best landscape shrubs we have, but it was so dry for so long that they didn't know to water them. They had shut off their sprinklers because of water conservation or whatever their reason. And, uh, and the hollies were lost. And, and so uh, unfortunately we saw hundreds of landscapes that, that faced that. I'm a holly fanatic. I have probably 30 kinds of hollies in my landscape. And I have to, this is a Saturday morning confessional. I have done the same thing to mine where maybe a sprinkler head got blocked and, and one of my plants didn't get the water it needed. I had some sitting in pots that when it got cold at Christmas, I pushed them up against our uh, uh, external or uh, detached garage. And I didn't realize they were up under the eave. And I lost three dwarf Burford hollies in five gallon pots that were sitting there. I'd paid good money for them, seven gallon pots and they didn't get the rain that saturated everything else and they died they just dried out so i'm as guilty as everybody else but that's what it is so it's probably okay uh, no, it's no probably it's time to replace them you and i will both be out shopping for hollies and about a million other people <laughs> so you're saying that i can't uh i can't revive these because they were in uh flower beds there were flower beds and sprinkler heads around them so I don't believe that it was uh, dryness that killed them or is killing them. Okay. There is nothing else that will do that, but you're welcome to, to do everything you want to do to try to save them. I will, I will, I'll put it this way. Unless you poured gasoline around them or unless you put <laughs> a bag of fertilizer around each one of them, I've, I have uh, probably 150 hollies in my landscape and have for 46 years. And I have worked with hollies for a 52-year career, and I've never seen any insect or disease do that to hollies. 
I have seen okay. trout do it 100% of the time. So I'm not going to say I'll guarantee my the rest of my career on it, but it's about as close as I could come to doing that on, on this particular answer as I would on anything. Okay, Neil, thank you very kindly. Yeah, I, I, I think you are needing to watch and pick up a bargain if you can find one on sale sometime or something because it's time to replace. Hey, I appreciate your call. Good luck with them. Great, thank right, you. Let's go to Bye-bye. Bob and you, you betcha. Good luck. Let's go to Bob in College Station. Bob, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. How can I help you? I have a uh, grouping of uh, willow oak that I planted in the fall of 21. I set up drip irrigation, and during last year, during 22, during the hot summer, um, I had the drip irrigation set up to give them uh, uh, about four gallons every other day. My question is, is now that the root, root systems are more established, how much irrigation are they going to need going forward? All right. What size containers were they in? They were, they were small, very small trees. So I, I, I would tell you that right now they're set at about, uh, their, their stem is about one and a half inches. In diameter? Yeah. All right. So they're eight or ten feet tall, six or eight feet tall? Yes. Yes, yeah. Probably an average of seven. Right. Were they bold and burlapped, or in other words, dug out of nature, or were they in containers <laughs> when you planted them? They were in containers. I don't think four gallons every other day was anything ample for anything excessive for them, and I would certainly do it again this year, and I'd ramp it up a little more. That's that's not going to hurt your water bill a dollar a month and or I don't know what it is, but it's not going to be very much. And they need the water. Uh, they are river bottom trees where they grow. I grew up in College Station and certainly familiar with South Central Texas. And water oaks and willow oaks love the water and hence the, the name for water oak. They're very closely related. And uh, better to have too much, not too much water, but a good bit of water than to have too little. So you you would so continue I, to go with every with watering them every other day. Yes, sir. But I'd give them more than four gallons every other day. How, in, how in much? Heat, not necessarily right now. Well, you know, how much water are you going to be drinking this summer? <laughs> we we I'm don't telling. know, and and so it's it's yeah it's that's the re, that's the way I answer that question. It's, you can't predict that because, frankly, I like I said, I spent my first 19 years. Well, I, my first two years were Alpine, Texas, and the next 17 were in in College Station, and I, I never saw temperatures like you guys had last summer in those 17 years. It was beastly hot, and and so if it's that way this year then you're going to have to water more than I ever did when I had my landscape and garden and my backyard nursery in College Station when I was growing up. Um, but you just need to you let need to let the weather be your guide. Learn to okay. feel the soil. Rather than putting them on a time clock that says you have to have four gallons or six gallons of water every other day, there may be a time when you want to give, it ten, give them 10 gallons of water um, and, and times you say, you know, I think we'll sit this one out. It just rained two inches. No, well, I do. I, 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 okay. I, 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 I shut it off when we get, uh, when we get moisture. Okay. 
but I, I think that's your your better way now. Are these but, trees in in some kind of a cluster, or are they getting getting the no, four gallons? No, it's, it's individually. Uh, back in Iowa, we would call it a windbreak. So this is a lot. This is a line of trees along the along the property line. Okay, and so each tree is getting the four gallons, or was? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's and they and again, they. They may have gotten. It may, it may have been five or six. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, not that. I'll, I'll tell you what. In those in those soils you have in Brazos County, it is not that precise a science about putting four or five or six gallons of water. Yep. You just want to make sure they're soaked, and and then you let them dry out so the roots will go down. They are not firmly rooted out into the adjacent soil yet, Bob. It's going to take okay. longer than that. So soils in College Station, Texas are a long ways from those beautiful soils of Iowa. Try to dig in those <laughs> with your fingers. You will you will have no fingers left in moments. <laughs> I, I grew up trying that and then I went to Ohio to go to Ohio State and I planted stuff with on my hands and knees with my fingers. I, oh my goodness, where have you been all my life? So I, I get it. But I came back Do you have time for I hadn't had you have time for another do you have time for another? I, real I quick don't, question? but I'm going to make it for you because because we Texans are friendly. I'll make time. What you got? Um, we lost a, a lot of St. Augustine that I'm going to have to put back down. And should I lightly rototill before I put sod down? If you're putting sod down, yeah, you ought to rototill about an inch just to scuff okay. the surface. And will that will, will that damage any of the root any of the root system roots of the live oaks that are on my lawn? No, you can avoid any that are at the surface. If you have any big roots, you, you can just yes. go around those. Um, but, and I, I would use, a, this is, yeah, you need to use a rear tine rototiller. Yes. You'll probably have yes. to rent one, but you have yep. so much more control over those than you yes. do on the ones in the front. Yep. Yeah. So about an inch deep. We're glad you're there. Are you at the Thank university? Thank you for your help. You've always, what did yeah. you say? I asked if you were at A&M, if you were working at A&M. No, I came here 14 you, years ago because of triplet grandsons. Oh, I don't blame you. They're magnetic, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, we have all of our grandkids right near us, and, and I understand. Have a great day. We're glad you're here. Thank you Take for your care. help. Bye-bye. All right. You betcha, Bob. Bye-bye. All right, Hunter in North Zilch, Gene and Sinton, you're coming up next. We have two lines open. Phone number 888-256-1080. Thank you all for calling. Thank you for listening. 888-256-1080. Let me tell you right now about Fertilome, and I am so proud to have them as an advertiser. It's, uh, since I was in College Station as a kid using Fertilome products, I have dreamed of a day when I would get to tell you about Fertilome products, and that day uh, began this month. If you missed getting high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper pre-emergent down, you may have some weeds popping up in your yard. It's still cold around parts of Texas, and and damp around parts of Texas, and it could still get cold. Uh, weed killers uh, may not have any effect on those weeds, uh, but Fertilome Weed-Free Zone does. It is one of the few weed killers you can use early in the year. It uses a cool weather herbicide that is effective down to 40 degrees and up to 85 degrees. Fertilome Weed-Free Zone safety 
Uh, Safely controls more than 80 broadleafed weeds. Use it for dandelions, henbit, chickweed, and more. You're going to see rapid and effective broadleafed weed control with visible results within 24 hours. And soon your lawn will be a weed-free zone. No matter where you live, out west in Alpine or south down to Brownsville, Corpus Christi, or Victoria, east over to Longview or Crockett, or north into the Panhandle, you can find quality fertile loam and high-yield products at your local independently-owned feed store and nursery. Ask for Fertilome Weed-Free Zone. In fact, just ask for Fertilome products in general. Fertilome.com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, once again, the phones are all filled. Thank you. This is really nice. It's nice to see that. It doesn't happen in the middle of the wintertime. It's happening now. Thank you. Hunter in North Zulch. This is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. I've got a question for you. Uh, my wife is sick of dealing with weeds and grass growing in her garden the past several years. So she searched the old interweb and found some type of no-till gardening process and technique that involves laying down cardboard and then covering that with leaves and hay or straw and then putting compost directly on top of that and planting directly into the compost. The only compost we can really get in our area is the mushroom compost from Madisonville. And I went ahead and got her about five yards of it to sit next to her garden. And some of the research I've found and people I've talked to in our area saying that, that compost is going to be way too rich to plant directly into. So what are your thoughts? And she already buried the cardboard with leaves. And she's kind of having second doubts also about what to do next if that compost is too rich. All right. Uh, let me send an inter-office memo to uh, uh, Jared. Jared, the return line is really loud. It's pulling my ears out. Uh, Hunter, the uh, uh, thing I would suggest on on uh, the uh, cardboard, or some people use newspaper, that's been around a long time, and you can do that. Those things have limited life expectancy in the soil. They will decay quickly, and the any protection they give from weeds will be gone soon after. And so I, I guess you can do it, but it just makes a mess in the garden. I, I'm not going to do that, never have. Um, I've, I've watched gardens where people did it, and I don't want any part of that. Uh, because you, then when you go in to cultivate and try to get the weeds out that do come through them, then you have a mess on your hands. The, um, uh, the problem is a lot of the weeds that we have that are the most troublesome are perennial weeds. They're Johnson grass and nutsedge. And those come through asphalt, especially nutsedge, nutgrass. So they're not going to help with that anyway. Anyway, to the point, the uh, mushroom compost is extremely high in, in, uh, in sodium. Uh, which is not good, and especially, I, I don't know if you, I, I don't know how far the, I, I grew up in College Station, as I mentioned several times, and I know that Bryan College Station water is very high in sodium. I don't know if that extends all the way to North Zulch or not. I don't know what your water source is, but uh, you might ask around a little bit. Um, we are on well water, so... Okay, that, that, that probably will help, but you may you may want to yeah you may want to have your water tested because you may be adding fuel to the fire on that one. Um, the people you can you can read up on online since since she's gone to the uh, internet for advice. You might do some checking on is mushroom compost 
advisable. And I would uh, enter the word Texas A&M at the beginning of that and see what the A&M people say, because I don't think they're wholly behind it. Uh, it uh, add it to the soil very many times, and you're going to end up with a, a very uh, saline soil. But uh, anyway, uh, you can you can make your own compost using shredded tree leaves and grass clippings and things within a, a year. And uh, people are so anxious to get tree leaves off their lawn in the fall, you can go around and collect bags of them rent to people's yards. But anyway, that's that's what I would do. And and once you get rid of weeds in a in a garden area, um, unless you just quit trying, um, it's it's pretty easy to keep them out. It's hard to get them out initially. So, you know, she'll just be diligent. Maybe the cardboard and all the rest of this will work this first time, and then she won't have to do it again. But uh, as, as an so ongoing you think it's practice, not a, a, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would recommend either of the things that she's done. Okay, I don't so want to break her heart do, today. You recommend not hard. planting directly in the compost? Not that compost, right. and and not okay. any compost. Any you you need the you need some clay, a, a really good soil, garden soil. Just going back to my before I transferred to Ohio State, my my classes in soil science at A and M, the textural triangle. You have at one point of that triangle you have sand, and another point you have silt, and another point you have clay, and they all, especially the sand and clay, bring assets into that soil. Clay has a lot of surface area that will hold and retain nutrients and moisture but it also makes it hard to get those nutrients and moisture into the soil and that's why you want to have some sand and you want to have organic matter and that's that's where you'd use compost and but regular compost tree leaves grass clippings manure things of that sort uh, that are are rotted um, and then uh, uh, i use sphagnum peat moss I use finely shredded pine bark mulch as well. I use uh, use those four components, uh, and 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 blend uh, them down about a foot deep in my soil. And that may, if I do get some weeds, that makes it easier to cultivate them out with a sharpened hoe. I'm not into hoeing weeds either, but but if the soil's really worked up properly to start with, then that makes it a lot easier. I plant in raised beds in case it rains a lot. You can always get water out of soil. Uh, you can always add, I'm sorry, I did it backwards. You can always add water when it gets dry. It's harder to get it out of the soil if it's too wet. And by raising the bed, it drains away by gravity, and that works out quite well. I, I feel right. for well, I know it's no much. fun to pull weeds. Yeah. You bet. I, it, and I, I think there's hope for her, but I just I don't think that's quite the right direction. Thanks for the call. Okay, I will let her. All right. Thank you. You bet. Good luck with it. Yeah, it's going to be tough to be the bearer of that message. Uh, Jean and Sinton, stay with me. I'll come right back to you. She's waiting up. Let's go to Jean right now. Let's do that. 25 minutes online is long enough. Jean, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, two or three yeah. things. I, I need a weed killer that I could use that's on pavers that's close to St. Augustine grass. Uh, you can use a glyphosate only herbicide. No other active ingredient mixed with it. You want to spell Glyphosates that do not. <laughs> sure, uh, it is G L Y P H O S A T E. There, it used to be only Roundup, the original Roundup, but there are okay. many different clones right. of well, that I have, now. I have Roundup. That'll work. Okay. Just, just right. hang on though. Make okay. sure you have the original glyphosate only formulation. The people who make okay. Roundup 
uh, were so successful with it, they started introducing other products, had other ingredients, and left them under that umbrella name. You want okay. a glyphosate-only herbicide. It does not go I into will, the soil. I will check that. Now, the other thing is my Natchez crepe myrtles. Uh, I have three. Two of them are big. One's medium. Uh, one of them has two of them have no leaves, and one has such few leaves you could count them. And I know you said to fertilize them about this time of year. And should I wait till they get more leaves? Um, yes, they're, they're going to have leaves, whether they come off the, off the main trunks and stems yeah. normally, or whether they come up from sprouts from the ground, they'll have leaves. I guarantee that. Uh, and, and either way you want them to grow. So yeah, you can go ahead and yeah. fertilize them. Okay. Um, and, and well, they're uh, pitiful. They'll, they'll take uh, right off. Some of the others that want to be uh, Natchez have put out, but the uh, real ones, no. And a purple one has not put out much. So I what was just concerned variety? about. Yeah. Okay. So not worry about it yet. What is its variety, the purple one? Uh, who knows? It's an old one, but it is an okay. old variety. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you think they're not uh, leafing out? <laughs> I don't know. We have clay soil. What did, no, clay <laughs> won't do it. What, 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 yeah, hang on. What did they look mm -hmm. like in uh, August, September last year? They were all pretty. Okay. They looked, they looked good. I mean, if we've had cold weather. How cold did you get in December? Uh, pretty cold, but nothing like the year before. The year before was, no. you know, really bad. No, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, but I'm I just asking about this December of 2022. We had two frost that I know of, and they were in probably the no. low 30s. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. What I'm what I'm asking is the Christmas freeze that was so extreme across texas of 2022 four months ago three months ago mm -hmm. how cold did you get then it was that probably low low, thir low 30s i don't know if it was below right. 30 but it didn't it didn't it wasn't a prolonged freeze like we had you know the year before no i i'm well aware i'm well aware no. let me explain why i'm asking all this mm -hmm. uh natchez is one of uh five varieties I, I i founded and have been very active with for 30 years now the crepe myrtle trails of mckinney mckinney mm -hmm. is on the other side of texas from you uh, but uh, of all the 125 varieties of crepe myrtles, we've planted about 40,000 crepe myrtles in the city of McKinney. And of the of the 125 varieties that we have tested, Natchez um, and of the purple, uh, Muscogee is the is it's a lavender. But anyway, uh, then the variety Sioux, S-I-O-U-X, uh, Tuscarora, and an old red variety called Country Red. Those five have been notorious about freezing when we've had either an extremely bad winter, like we had in 2021, or a very cold first freeze, as we've had several times. Natchez has frozen to the ground for us uh, no, five or no, six no. times during that time. No, no. I beg well, your pardon? I said, no, 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 please, no. <laughs> Well, I'm I just trying to offer you uh, an explanation of what might have happened. Yeah. 
but anyway, okay. In answer to your question, then I, I took you. I, I'm I'm now way behind on my break, so I, I'll okay. Just, what uh, about ball moss? Should if you, I if no, I I let me finish this answer and then I need to move on. But 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 Jane, if if you will go to crepe c r a p e crepe myrtle trails dot org, all of this is explained in great detail uh, on on that website. I wrote every word on that website. And you can see Alrighty. what to do with them. And, and okay. yes, and it does involve fertilizing now. And right. uh, ball moss, if you'll look in that Texas A&M website, uh, ball moss is covered in the hill country. They have a lot of good information. Texas A&M, okay. control of ball moss, and it'll explain that. It's, it's harmless. It just shades the plants. I got to run. I appreciate your All call. Right. Thank good you. luck All with it. All righty. Thanks. Uh -huh. All right, folks. Uh, uh, let me tell you about my book. It is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. And it is available to you now at the very affordable price of $36.95. It is so easy to justify that cost because that's the cost of, of one shade tree. You say, man, I wish I had never planted that tree. It was a mistake from the word go. Or I wish I had planted a different variety of tomatoes. I could have had so many more tomatoes or whatever. Uh, $36.95. It doesn't take too many mistakes to cover that cost. And I can help you avoid a lot of mistakes. 11 chapters, 344 pages, a hardback printed in Texas, 840 of my photographs, more than 25 multi-page charts. It is full of information. I worked a year of my life, uh, seven days a week, uh, generally 12 to 14 hours a day to write this book. Uh, I wanted to self-publish it so Carolyn Skye could be my editor and Cindy Smith could be my graphic designer. I had worked with both of these ladies many times over many years. And I guarantee your satisfaction with the book or I'll refund every penny you pay for it. If you don't think it was worth every penny of $36.95, I'll give it all back to you. So this is the way you buy it. I chose not to put it in stores or on Amazon because I wanted to sign your book for you. So you buy it directly from me by calling my office Monday through Friday, 800 752 grow 800-752-4769 the better way though is to order from my website and that is neilsperry.com n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com neil sperry's lone star gardening more after these messages all right kelly thank you very very much um i'm going to uh, talk for just a second and explain to Sharon in Amarillo, who is on hold. I will get to you. Last week, I very ungraciously walked the last ad right into the end of the program and just pretty well messed up the, the time for every station we have on this broadcast. I'm not going to do that this week. That is not professional. So, Sharon, I will, uh, I will come right to you. Let me get my last break in. Uh, last call took a lot longer than I thought it would, and I, I uh, now got myself behind. So uh, anyway, I hope you'll join us every Saturday at this time from a little after 11 until right before noon. And uh, I love doing this program. We won't go from Sinton all the way to Amarillo in just a few minutes, and that's not easy to do. So Sharon, I'll come right to you after this. We're going to talk about caliche soils, and that's a, that's a good challenge. Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter that comes from my computer to your email on Thursdays right after 6 p.m. I work a day and a half to two days a week. 
getting eGardens ready for you. And you say, what are you looking for pity or something? Some kind of empathy? No, I love doing it. I love writing. And eGardens is a good release for that. And it's free. And so uh, that part, uh, we have advertisers in it. And that's how I get my sustenance from it. But it is just fun to do it, eGardens. And uh, I hope you'll subscribe to it. I hope you'll take it and, and, uh, and be able to use it. There always is a featured plant of the week. There always something's very timely for that week. There always is the Q and A section, which we have greatly expanded, and there always is gardening this weekend, where I point out things that need to be done in that weekend. Several times a month, we have a featured uh, guest writer. Uh, we have three now who write one time a month, and then there's another story as well, something miscellaneous. So, if you want to see what eGardens looks like and sign up for it, you can do both at the same place on my website. That's at neilsperry.com and click on the eGardens tab. Same place you go to buy my book. Uh, that's the website. It's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, but click on eGardens. Let me tell you again about Mueller. Mueller Buildings, I am so proud to represent them to you here. Now, why should you pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a genuine Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution right in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller Standard Series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered, bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit Mueller online. It's at MuellerInc.com. Mueller is spelled M-U-E-L-L-E-R and then INC.com. Get a free customized building estimate. While you're there, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Building, and metal roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, back with you now. We lost that connection, so I'm back with you, and we go to Sharon in Amarillo. Sharon, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Can you is my speakerphone gonna be bothering you? Well, we don't have time to worry about it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. We grew up in northern Indiana, gardened there, southern Indiana gardened there, uh gardened in Florida. Now we're living in Amarillo, Texas, and this caliche soil is killing us. Okay. What? What would be the best way to do it? Anywhere from three inches to eighteen inches. Well, where? Say it again, Jared. Okay, I thought I had a, a memo from Jared. Um, you're going to need to. I only have about half a minute now with all this going on, uh, Sharon. You're going to need to do as much as you can in raised beds by raising uh, your vegetable garden flower beds, okay. either by elevating so them as berm just listen to my phone please or by raising them with some kind of retaining structure 
you counteract the alkalinity with, uh, with the sulfur soil acidifier and with a lot of organic matter. I must run. Folks, thanks for listening. Until next week, happy gardening. Yeah,